Hello and welcome to Stubbornly Optimistic, a podcast where we talk about people, where we find out what makes people tick. Today, I want to have a little bit of a chat with you guys about businessy stuff. Um, obviously, I'm self-employed, work for myself, and um, I listen to quite a number of podcasts, different things um, around business. And there was a quote that I heard recently in one of Tim Ferriss's podcasts, which is attributed to either Peter Drucker or um, another gentleman by the name of William Thompson, Lord Kelvin, from a little bit further back. And it is simply, what gets measured gets managed. And that quote stuck in my head. We've all heard about KPIs key performance indicators and businesses run on them retail lives on these things and it's all based in this idea that if you keep an idea in mind of a specific key thing to do with your business that tells you the performance of then essentially um, you're going to keep an idea on on how your business overall is performing and it's a logical thing to have these KPIs. There's even an index for these things because in retail, if you compare one retailer with another, you can have a standardized retex. You can have a standardized um, set of KPIs that will give you some meaningful comparison um, in terms of business performance. But actually, when you look at some of the things that I deal with, the people side of the business and keep that quote in mind what gets measured gets managed it's a great indicator why many businesses have problems with people the soft skill stuff staffing retention all that kind of thing because while you're busy looking at the kpis of average sale transaction number of sales per month number of sales per employee or average business transaction time however you want to play this what you're not looking at is the people doing the work are they actually looked after feeling looked after are they feeling valued are they actually doing the work because they want to or are they doing the work because you're paying them Are they literally just viewing the job as converting time into money or are they getting something else out of it? And if you don't monitor those little things, then you can run into problems. And we've seen it before with staff retention, people wandering off in droves. And actually, my time in the military, I remember a situation where we had a unit that had a lot of people leaving and I became aware of a policy whereby if there was a lot of people in a unit were leaving, over a short period of time, measured period of time, they would look at that unit, the CO would be called in, they would look at that unit and go, actually, what's wrong with this unit? Why aren't people staying there? And that's that was really good for an organization that really doesn't do individuality. Any armed service really doesn't do individuality because it goes against what they want to do. Um, then it was really, really good to, to to think back to that and go, well, actually, you know, they're looking at the reasons why people are leaving and if they can do something about that. So what I'm getting to here is the reverse of this is true. What you don't measure doesn't get managed. And should you be measuring what you're measuring or should you be measuring something else? A lot of the KPIs, the things that we think are key performance indicators are actually effects of something else. 
So we're measuring an effect rather than a cause. And that, okay, there's, there's probably reasons why it's easier to do that. But you're one step removed from the actual problems within your business if you do have um, issues. And so it just takes you further away from um, the actual problem and gives you more work to do if you want to drill down into the actual problems that you've got and solve them. So that's one thing that kind of hit me this week. Another thing that hit me this week is related to that. I have had over my period of time in business, I've had a bunch of different meetings with different people. Some of these meetings are good, some bad, some the, the outcomes were good, though disappointing, etc. It depends on what you expect to get out or hope to get out of these meetings. And one of the things that particularly when you're an own band, single individual trying to do the businessy stuff on your own, and you are your marketeer, you are your customer relations, you're your own HR department, you are you know, brand creation, everything. It's all on your head, on your shoulders. One of the things you really got to manage, coming out of this quote that I was talking about, is the emotional impact of these meetings. Because we've all had them. You go in there and you think, yeah, we're going to get this contract, we're going to do well on this proposal, and then it doesn't quite go how you like, and the emotional side starts to creep in afterwards, and you start to kind of feel worse than reality actually is. You can let yourself get really down if you're not careful. So how do you manage that? Keeping this quote that I've just mentioned in mind, how do you manage that? Because I, I have a team of one, I have me. And if I go down emotionally, then it can adversely affect stuff that I do for the rest of the day. And really in some cases, needlessly. So how do you build up a little bit of resilience to that? And I've come up with a, a plan a practical solution to this issue that you can implement and it comes down to how you plan your meetings if you plan a maximum of three a day one in the morning one in the afternoon and one in the evening or if you're only planning two a day one in the morning one in the afternoon make sure that the last one that you have is the one that you think is going to go as positive as possible what does that do? That manages the downside. If you've got a meeting in the morning that you think is going to be a bit rough, then at the in the morning, you're at your best. Yeah, you get up, you're awake, you've done your morning routine stuff, and you're awake, you're at your most productive, most attentive, you're not tired out, you haven't just had a big meal from lunch, for example. So the morning is where you're going to do your best stuff. Um, and you're probably at the most resilient at that point to any disappointments and things like this. Um, and then you can take that and you can go into, after a break, go into the second meeting that you think is gonna be an upbeat thing. It's gonna be good, it's gonna make you um, come out of their positivity. You're gonna get what you hope to get out of that meeting. So you're taking away a positive um, affirmation from that second meeting and giving yourself almost a time limit to deal with the disappointment or potential disappointment from the first one now of course if you don't get a handle of how to on how to limit that disappointment on the first one it can adversely affect the second so there's a little bit of self-discipline here but what it stops doing what it stops people doing if you if you plan deliberately like this 
is that if you were to switch it, let's say, and you were going to have the meeting that would go potentially poorly in the afternoon, then if it goes badly, you're dwelling on it overnight, all night. If you're not working further or if you've got other things going on, you've ended your day on a downer. And it's a bit like the old, the age old aphorism of a shit sandwich. You give someone good news from retail and marketing, you then give them some bad news and then you finish off with a bit of good news afterwards. So if you apply that principle and manage the emotional impact of what you do, in my case, business meetings, then you can limit the impact of the emotional reaction. The reaction is going to happen because we're all human. We're all going to get a little bit disappointed, etc. But with time and training, that becomes a manageable quantity. And if you deliberately, consciously plan to set your meetings out, your stalls out, to minimize the impact of what you know is going to happen, you know, emotional consequences, then what gets measured gets managed. Self-awareness, working for you in your business dealings to actually create the best person you can be within those meeting environments for most of the time. Now, I want to just briefly, before I go, touch on another little myth, which is that business people, um, people that look at business people, successful people, you know, they all kind of think or, or assume, I know I did, that everything in their life is wonderful, rosy and good, you know. And I just want to really reiterate a point that, that Tim Ferriss actually <laughs> said himself, and I completely and utterly agree with, is that um, when you start to drill down into what people are in general, successful people have maximized one or two items, one or two parts of their personality, abilities, and, and psyche, and run with it, and it's worked for them. But most of us are a collection of walking floors. We're a collection of contradictions. So from that point of view, if you manage your collection of contradictions, if you measure them, self-awareness, if you ask yourself decent questions and go, what does this mean for me? How am I going to react to this? What's the outcome of that? If you ask those questions ahead of time and plan your week on that basis, then you're going to end up more productive than if you just go, it's going to be fine and there's going to be no problems and I'll just manage. So I've, I think I'll end with an Eisenhower quote. I think it was Eisenhower. In war, the plan is almost useless, but planning is indispensable. We used to say the first casualty in any conflict is the plan, and that's true enough. But having had one, people at least know what should have happened and they can react from a set point. They can react from a baseline. And that's where I think this point that I've made, what gets measured gets managed. If you plan to measure the right things about your daily business, then you're going to have a baseline to work from. Anyway, that's enough for me. Really, really short podcast. Um, just to have a chat with you guys and think about some businessy stuff. I'll intersperse these shorter podcasts with interviews with other people, local business people. And um, I think there'll be 
a few interesting guests on the way. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at CycleSoul. Stubbornly optimistic at CycleSoul. If you want to follow me on Facebook, you can search the hashtag stubbornly optimistic. That's hashtag stubbornly optimistic on Facebook. And you can find me there. I put daily posts up Monday to Friday. And I think I'm going to start in a new little series on a Sunday for you guys, which is less businessy and more um, philosophical, if you will. If you like this podcast, which is being hosted on Anchor, then please do give me a thumbs up, comment on any of the stuff that you hear in this episode or others, give me some feedback, and if there's anything you want me to touch on in terms of content, then let me know. Um, whether that be stuff to do with LGBT, whether that's stuff to do with business, whether it's anything that you can think of that might have dropped out of some of the podcast conversations that I've had with guests on the show or any of the stuff that I've said. So once again, guys, have a brilliant day. Um, and don't forget, keep it stubbornly optimistic. And if you change the way you look at things, you guys know what's going to happen. Things will start to change. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.